Welcome back to the Gentleman Dojo. Wow, firing in quick today. We got to be quick, right? Happy New Year, Stephen. Happy New Year, Gary. Um, wow, wow, wow. We're firing right in. We are missing uh, one of our dojo buddies, Patrick Keene. Not really. Yeah, yeah. I can ask a silly question on his behalf. No problem. Yep. We'll ask our guest when she announced her candidacy for president. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the Gentleman's Dojo. Yes, for 2018. The Gentleman's Dojo. For 2018. For 2018, we got to thank. Uh, can I just say thank yep. you to our guest last week, Bert Kreischer, Orny Adams. Yeah. One of our best in 108 episodes that we've done. Yeah, in terms of uh, just, just so much fun. listenership, all that stuff. Orny was awesome, um, and then Bert comes in towards the end. And made that podcast even more fun. So, shout out to those guys. And just a quick shout out to everybody at Parlor Live who made our New Year's Eve absolutely fantastic. We had a great time. Great, great run. So New much Year's fun. Eve. Uh, and then, yeah. of course, we'll be zipping around. I got Edmonton, Vegas, and um, Atlanta. Atlanta coming up. Which transitions into this guest who is from Atlanta, who does her job from Atlanta. Yes. Correct. Yeah, you want to introduce our guest who's calling in. Uh, we actually have a connection, which um, if we have time, you if do. time permits. Yeah, uh, our guest today works for CNN. And yes. back in, I would say, what was that, 1992? I was uh, an when intern she for, at when CNN. She's on the, yeah, yeah. When it, yeah. yeah but, okay, hello, okay. hello, Is hello. Help. <laughs> calling. Any minute now. Yes, indeed. This is my favorite part where the ring just starts to happen yeah. organically. Yes. We're going to see if we can go through the laptop today. Oh, okay. This will be interesting. Yeah, because usually we do it off my cell phone because you give my number to everybody I know, instead yeah. of letting it go through your phone. Uh, will you reward me when what? things are good? With what? I've been a good boy the last couple of weeks, You've have I not? You've been a good boy. That is what? true. What? I have been very okay. complimentary to you. There have been times on your Twitter and Facebook, I'm like, oh, shit, that's real good. <laughs> you can. Go ahead. I Why can. not? Well, no, I don't, want, I don't want to get another email. I don't oh, need that. Oh, shut up. I don't need Sensitive Steve right now. Sensitive Steve. Friday it's been six years nonstop of monkey piling every why time. Why don't you give me a compliment where it's due and just say, hey, over the last couple weeks, you've, okay. been, you've been a good uh, You're on time. You've been a good friend. You're on time today. Yeah. No, no, that's no. Why don't you give me a compliment? That's a compliment. I just got an email. She's not calling. <laughs> <laughs> I originally thought it was Brooke Burke. I was going to ask her about Dancing with the Stars, but it's Brooke Baldwin. Brooke Baldwin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the cat out of the bag. We were going to save that for the intro. But there you go. There you go. Now everybody by the way, listening knows. By the way, uh, yeah. great, some great guests coming up here to the dojo, just yeah. so we know. Yeah. Bill Carter. By the way, I just finished his book, yeah. The War for Late Night, about Conan, Leno, Letterman. He's the guy. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Just a great read. And not only that, but it, it also takes you into the... Uh, all the business dealings that the execs have to go through and the contracts and the lawyers getting involved. And it really is a book not only about show, but it about the business. It's literally an all-encompassing book about show business and really revealing aspects of how things were on the Conan end, how things were on the Conan, uh, on, on the Leno front and, and Letterman as well. And then all the residual effects it has with... Um, you know, uh, Jimmy Fallon at the time and sure. Ferguson and everybody and it goes, John Stewart. I had no idea, like ABC, for example, uh, they chose Kimmel over John Stewart. Oh, and, wow. Um, that's something that, you know, I, th- I think shocked even John Stewart. I think John Stewart wanted Thought he game. would get the ABC yeah. spot. Yeah. And, and they love Kimmel over at ABC. Love him. Seth Absolutely, Meyers yeah. just hosted the Golden Globes. Yeah. Did you watch those? Did you check those out? Did not. No. no. Did not see those. Have no. you ever been to an award show? I mean, other than, like, the Razzies. I mean, have you ever been to, like, something? I mean, because you, you had a show on TV. Yeah. Correct? Did you? 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, oh, didn't go through boy, my... oh boy. Didn't go through boy, my... oh boy. Okay, We're little... excited. Let's do this the right way. Let's do it the right way. Very excited to have our guest on today. Our second guest of 2018. Calling but the from... best. Oh, our course. favorite so far. Of course. Yeah. Calling from Atlanta, Georgia, no, I from assume. New York City. Oh, she's calling from New York. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, where... Yeah. They have she an office this... in Atlanta. I'm... Yeah, of course. But okay, just Brooke, get to you it. Could be... Here we go. Hi, Brooke. Hi guys. Gary, that was a horrible. Oh, I, I, used I was. In, I used to live in the ATL, and I'm, I'm right. an Atlanta gal. So you're 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 half right. Thank you, Brooke. Well, Steve, horrible, will give you a proper horrible intro. introduction. I wasn't done with it. You, you, hi, Brooke. <laughs> How does everybody, geez. What's up, guys? Happy New Year. Yes. From CNN two to four, literally, I, I, just a great not only conduit for for the news, but in in terms of uh, the project she has now. Yep. Uh, in the digital space, uh, Miss Brooke Baldwin, of course. Thank you so much for calling in, Brooke. We really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks, you guys, so much. Thanks for being patient with scheduling and whatnot. But now is the time to talk about the ladies. That's right. <laughs> it, it seems to be, uh, you know, it, it seems to be like, you know, all the things that bubbled up towards the end of 2017. And I, I think, I guess, people go back to Trump's campaign and how that kind of started off with you know, some illicit things that, that it, no nobody had ever heard from someone campaigning for political office. And then I think there was an immense blowback amongst women in our society. And it seems to be like 2018 is the year of the woman. That's that's what uh, a lot of outlets are saying. That's what it seems like on social media. And who better to, you know, bring a microscope uh, or magnifying glass to this than, than yourself with your new series on uh, uh, with CNN. Can you tell us about American Woman? Yeah, totally. I mean, it, and we'll get back to your point on Trump in a second, because I think it's totally fascinating. But but I had this, you know, listen, we work at CNN, right? We're 24-7. I, I host two hours of live breaking news, it seems, lately, you know, every single weekday. And so it was, I covered the, the presidential election. I'm going to take you back to 2016. Sure. And so, you know, election day had happened, and I had been to a lot of rallies and, you know, all, all of the CNN uh, presidential debates and I just you know I met a lot of people and I just listened and you know I've covered other campaigns but this time around I just noticed a lot of women and a lot of young women and and some of it was you know let me just point out the obvious which is a lot of these a lot of these women wanted to see that history be made they wanted to see the first female president but when that didn't happen I just sort of sat there on a cold December weekend you know kind of recouping from covering the, the madness of the last 15 months and thinking right. well what's going to happen with all these women who showed up in record numbers and it's hard to also think back to you know there was talk of this thing called a women's march and people at the time were saying well maybe a couple hundred maybe a couple thousand people are going to show up mm-hmm. and i don't know i just had like a little bit of a spidey sense that something really special was happening with women and my boss has said to me you know we want to send you to washington and cover the inauguration but also this women's march and being at that march, I don't know where you all were that day. And I know there are marches all across the country. But, you know, at one point I was on the stage interviewing all these, you know, incredible, more recognizable ladies. And looking out, it was like a sea of pink in D.C. And that's when I came back to CNN and said to my bosses, like, we, I, I, have got, I have got to do something about women this year and just listening mm-hmm. because they, they, their voices were loud. And it's just a matter of what happens from that. And so I, I sent, I spent much of my year, you know, chasing down extraordinary women to um, just have conversations about where we should go next. And, and I can't claim to be prescient. I mean, everything that happened with, with sexual harassment and Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly and, you know, now like the list is so long, 
but now is the time for change. And it seems like, you know, uh, Oprah obviously gave a, an incredible speech at the Golden Globes, and now there's rumors that she is possibly mulling a 2020 run. I I mean, just as yeah. somebody who, who, you know, we've all been exposed to her. She's got an incredible moral compass. She is an incredible yeah. entrepreneur. I mean, do you feel that that's uh, – I, I think if she threw a hat in the ring – I, I think everybody could see history being made as as they were led to believe just uh, just about a year and a half ago, right? Yeah, I mean, if you would have told me that my show would have been leading today as it did with, with Oprah Winfrey 2020, <laughs> you know, I mean, she, and she's been asked so many times, you know, as recently as last fall with her with her bestie, Gail, you know, she was on CBS and she, she said over and over, thanks but no thanks but never ever ever and so the the cnn reporting we have today is after last night that she's actively considering which is like a huge change right from what we've heard from her i, I think part of it is i think it speaks to the lack of um you know democrat candidate democratic candidates who who would stand uh, against donald trump i think she totally could win i think the real question is does she want to deal with running for president um right there's just there's so much there, but but she did sprinkle that Oprah magic last night, and that's Sunday night, and that's undeniable. Um, I just don't know if she, I don't know if she will. In some you ways, know about as much as I do. In some ways, with Trump, even if he had lost, with him running and being as significant and proving that someone coming out of even a reality television show background can run for the office and seem legit. Um, you know, all of a sudden you're hearing names like Mark Cuban and then you got Oprah and you're even hearing rumors of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson perhaps right, mulling right. it over. I mean, in some regard, did Trump, you know, bring forth fruition for people that are not strictly career politicians to think, you know, maybe it's maybe I could throw my hat in the ring. I think he absolutely did. I mean, obviously, the one asterisk footnote to presidents past is, is Ronald Reagan and his Hollywood, his Hollywood, you know, past. Right. But other than him, like you know, there's kind of been a prerequisite. Like, hey, maybe I should have some some previous governing experience somehow. And and I think Donald Trump obviously proved that you don't need that. Although one could argue he had all this, you know, business experience and and, and dealing with you know policies and just business and money and, and, you know, global perspective that, that maybe an Oprah Winfrey wouldn't bring to the deal. But, you know, at the same time, you could argue that she's got the Obamas on speed dial and, you know, has, as you mentioned, an, an incredible moral compass and would have a sense of the world and what to do. Um, you know, I, it's just, some of us were talking today, do you really know, you know, on, on some of the issues, it's funny because we all watched Oprah for years and years. And so we know so much about her and her life and her family and, She's been so candid about some some really tough issues, but how would an Oprah Winfrey deal with a crisis in Syria, um, right, or or things of that nature? I I I don't know the answer to that yet. Well, I, I would I would assume it would be better than how Trump is dealing with, you know, North Korea and the rhetoric, and I don't know that she'd be as active on Twitter. Right, and you have South and North Korea talking because of the president. Oprah would give everybody a car. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, well, uh, again, back to back to. Um, your series, American Woman, it looks like you got a slate of incredible interviews, too. I mean, everywhere from Pat Benatar to Betty White, Sheryl Crow, one of my favorite musicians, uh, Tracy Reese and yeah. Ashley Graham. Um, t tell us, what is what is the maybe the recurring uh, theme or rhetoric you're, you're getting and hearing from, you know, not only the people you're interviewing, but but the landscape moving forward into 2018 for for women in general? 
Yeah. Um, thank you for asking. I, I think I, I, I picked these women very specifically. And I think one of my biggest um, w- one of my biggest things with, with the women that we chose for, seri- for for season one is I wanted to have like real women, women, meaning not just women who are badasses in their own right and have shattered their own glass ceiling in their in their respective fields. But I wanted to pick women who were reaching back and helping other women out, you know? So I think of someone like an Ava DuVernay, who, by the way, was sitting at Oprah's table last night, who, you know, uh, who directed Selma and who is, has put Oprah on a wrinkle in time, which is coming out in a couple of months and who does clean sugar on Oprah Winfrey's network. And, you know, when I was out down in New Orleans talking to Ava and she was, she was, you know, it's so funny that the whole Natalie Portman moment on the Golden Globes where she was announcing all the, the, the directors, right. And she was, she was sort of saying uh, all all male. I mean, it's so true. It, the, the bulk of the directors in Hollywood are, are men. And so Ava, you have this, you know, incredible African-American woman, like bursting on the scene, directing the first $100 million movie in Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she's taken the time to, to have every single one of the episodes of Queen Sugar directed by a woman. Who does that? Right. You know, and I said to her, you know, you're, you're kind of a star director. You're on the cover of magazines and her profile is rising big time. And I was like, why don't you just want all that love and fame to yourself? And I'll never forget her answer was because I don't want to be at the party alone. And it's that theme. None of these women want to be at the party alone. You know, show crow talks about women who had helped her and how she's helping other women. She tells a story about a female engineer. Uh, it was just sort of unheard of at the time to, to be in a studio with a female engineer and a female singer, songwriter, producer, and put, put an album out. Um, and how she's she's helping other people and well, yeah, Pat Benatar. I mean, the list goes on and on. I would love to. I I really look forward to watching the Betty White interview because you're you're talking about somebody who's worked in Hollywood for decades and seen the transition from probably when she started when women were yeah. treated horribly. I mean, horribly. If you want a good example of how women were treated in Hollywood, watch the docu series or, or the uh, series on FX, uh, the feud about. Um, uh, yeah. Joan Crawford yeah. and Betty Davis. It was it was amazing, and it's just the plight of women. I think seeing from the old Hollywood and then seeing the changes she she's gone through seeing today. Um, are you seeing that that same transition in these newsrooms uh, in the media in general? Uh, did That's did like O'Reilly's because it seemed like O'Reilly was the first peg to fall, and then did, yeah. you know it, it seems like there's a lot. It's definitely the landscape has changed. You know, I've never worked at Fox. I, you know, can't speak to that over there. I have some dear friends over at Fox, and I think it's probably a better place, thanks to some some really awesome women speaking up and saying this is not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, here at CNN, we have, and I think a, I think also just through the election, people have really noticed a lot of women through the ranks, and not just women through the ranks. You know, there's people like Meredith Artley who oversees CNN.com, the, the, the website. She's this big, amazing boss to head of, you know, marketing and communication um, to just uh, all kinds of women making uh, editorial decisions. Um, so, you know, I, and there's kind of, there's a group of us who we all chat and email and if, if it weren't for some of these women and we all have d- our days, um, they're, they're there for me. So I, I feel so grateful for working in a place that mm-hmm. actually, you know, talks to talk, walks to walk kind of thing but right. i do think that there is more of a feeling that women can 
feel more comfortable in the workplace, but by no means like this, you know, the work has just begun, fellas. Well, speaking of the fellas, I, I do want to ask, because I think with with your series, American Woman, um, yeah. obviously it's a... Are you feeling left out? No, no, no. It's a celebration. <laughs> it's a celebration of... Um, and I, I, I love the men, too. Let me be clear. I love the men. Well, this is, this is what I was going to ask you. Why is it, uh, if you could have a moment to implore to, uh, to the fellas, what is it do you think guys should get out of this series? What is it guys yeah. are going to um, witness or be educated towards or... Or, or bring light to. Well, let me just be real. I think like the, I think the guy. I think I think I think a lot of guys don't need to be educated. They're either like the good guys or the guys I want to have a you know a, an arm's length away from me. Right. I think that I think that the good guys are part of this movement. I mm-hmm. think the good guys know exactly what we're talking about and probably have sisters and girlfriends, you know, and daughters who've who've come home or had had the chat on the phone where you know the. The, the woman in their life has had some sort of frustration and the guy's like, God, I cannot believe this is happening. And because of the strong men in their lives who support them, they then are, are empowered to speak up even more and to, 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 I don't know, just feel, feel more, more emboldened. Right. And I think the guys who are just the bad guys, um, shame on you and get with the program because this train's on the tracks and we're rocking on along and you know your behavior in 2018 is unacceptable right you have no choice but to change you you cannot treat women the way you thought you could get away with it i don't care if you're making three times the salary you cannot get away with it anymore and we're going to call you out yeah rightfully so and and it's something i i'd I, I hope I'm wrong about because I had a conversation with Bill Burr, who's a, another great comic, and we talked. And I, I remember the Occupy Wall Street about, you know, the recession and AIG and everybody's coming down to the banks and everybody's out there protesting. And then it seems like that kind of withered away. And then the banks went back to doing what they do. And people had forgotten about it. And I think, you know, now there's all these deregulations and everything else. And I'm I'm hoping we don't go back to that. I hope that this is not one of those flashpoints in society that happens and then it just withers away and 10, 15 years from now, men in power assume power and in comes the ego and think they can get away with things. I'm hoping that this is something in society that that has staying power. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think that is such a great point. I was sitting here making questions for, for a panel of women I'm hosting Wednesday night. And that is exactly one of the points one of the women in my office is making, because you think back to the women's movement. I mean, I was talking to Pat Benatar about this, right? Because mm-hmm. she was, she was, um, you know, rocking and rolling during the women's movement uh, of several decades ago. And, you know, well, what happened? Like, has everyone been asleep since then? Why, why has it been so quiet until now? And I think, I think that's such a great point. I think I think we don't need to be marching all the time. I think if people are marching and waving signs and screaming inequality uh, for for no reason, if you're not getting what you need, I think that that's superfluous. But I think that I, I hope that right now in the movement that we're in, and by the way, I think a lot of it is because of the catalyst, which which one of you guys brought up initially, which is Trump, right? Which right. then sort of led to this women's movement and then maybe led to some months down the road, some of these women speaking up and, and outing a Bill O'Reilly and a Roger Ailes and down the road, a Kevin Spacey, um, that, that all there are these moment, the points along the momentum, you know, the, the spectrum. And so hopefully 
I can I can I can point out one tangible piece of piece of you know proof that this that something is happening. I was talking to someone at Emily's List in Washington who tracks all these women candidates, and it's something like and you'd have to ch- triple check me, but I think they've gotten the names of twenty five thousand women. You know where where they would get a, a a fraction of that number of people interested in politics, and they're getting astronomical numbers because of what we've witnessed in the last 12 months. Mm-hmm. So that at least is something. So if you have women in local and in state and in federal offices, that then leads to change. So then eventually, maybe for a time, we don't need to keep marching. And does it, does that make sense? Um, I think yeah. it's just different waves of waves of revolutions. By the way, I've never thought I'd ever hear a reporter ask a comedian to fact check them. Um, so <laughs> I'm very impressed by that, Brooke. Uh, Gary, go ahead. But, but- Brooke, don't, there's there's some weird hypocrisy to the whole thing too because I just remember when you look back and you you wake up every day and there's a new guy that's being accused of something. I mean, when I saw the Matt Lauer thing, I was shocked. But but then you look back at interviews where he's interviewing Bill O'Reilly regarding Bill being totally. who he was, and and you look at that guy and you're like, does he not think he's going to be brought to center, or does is he that arrogant where he just thinks that nobody's going to mention it? Yeah, it is an excellent question. I cannot crawl into Matt Lauer's heart and head and understand what was going through. I mean, that that was such a. I remember that it was such a poignant interview. Yeah, he was so impassioned and upset with uh, with Bill. And lo and behold, you know what happened happened. Um, yeah, I. Because I you think also maybe. You also I think wonder... maybe some of this is is just ego. I can't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not speaking about the Matt Lauer thing. I don't know him very well, but I think some of this is ego. It's like, and I think some of it is money, and I'm in, untouchable, and I can get away with this, and I can treat women like this because I, I can control them because I'm the boss, or I, I make more money, and I think that that money yields, yields power. Yields. I think I can do whatever I want. Well, Brooke, we know we don't have too much time with you. We know you're you're pretty busy here, but we want to uh, just kind of maybe rapid fire you s- some some quick questions towards your way. But I, I do want to start off with this: in your year as a journalist, in this past year as a journalist, has there ever been yeah. a more, I mean, more exciting time? I guess as a journalist, in terms of every day coming to work and just thinking, are you kidding me? Has has there ever been a year like this for you? Uh, no, I mean, I think my answer is it's the best slash, uh, I, yeah, I, I think like the, the, is this insane train left the station long ago? You know, right. it is, I, I have never, I have never been thanked more by strangers at lunch and breakfast and at the airport than I have in the last 20, you know, 15 months. Right. Um, and I am so grateful to, to those people who, who do thank us. Cause you just sort of, you know, you work in front of a camera and never really know who's watching. And so, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. And I'm all about just seeking the truth. Um, obviously you're, I, I do want to ask you this because every comic, when you're growing up, especially Gary and I, I think we're, we're in our forties, you grew up watching the tonight show and thinking that's the beacon. Um, obviously everybody's yeah. goal line changes with, with years and generations, whatever. But for us, it was The Tonight Show. For you, when you're thinking of broadcasting, what is The Tonight Show for a journalist, for a broadcaster? What was that shining beacon on the hill for you? And is, is, it, is, it, is, is yeah, it happening for you right now? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally have a, I have a pinch-me job. I, I yeah. hold down 
two hours, right? I'm one of very few here at CNN who, who, who for some reason, my bosses think I, you know, get to get to have two hours of, of television. It's a huge <laughs> responsibility and, and, and a privilege. I, um, you know, I think, I think down to my younger years, Diane Sawyer, like total girl crush. I remember, you know, meeting her at one White House correspondence dinner and stalking her and freezing and getting a picture. And, you know, I, I was just, total nerding out, total nerd on her. Um, she's just, I think, impeccable and outstanding and lovely and brilliant. Um, and then I think now, though, it's so interesting. It's just everything's changing. I, I do love being in a, in a cable environment. And I think also the digital space. It's been such an it's been such an education doing this whole American Woman series for digital. And mm-hmm. we're, we're putting it on my show and it's living on television as well. But you just get more room to breathe and um you know, it's like having a, just a much longer set. Right. It, it, I just get to tell more jokes to, you know, to, to relate it to you guys. It's just, uh, it's so much nicer than, all right, you got five minutes and then you're out. It, right. You get to just, stretch your legs a bit more here. Right? Totally. Yeah. Are you ready for the rapid fire yeah. questions? <laughs> you ready to do this? Good, Gary. Okay. We have some rapid fire questions for you, Brooke. You ready to go? Yeah. Okay. You were a reporter at WTTG in DC. Name three other people. From that station, who went on to become famous? Amy Robach. Okay. Um. Um. Gosh. <laughs> um. A married couple. They're a married couple. He has a talk show that says you are not the father. Oh, did Connie Chung and Montel? Uh, not mine. Did Connie Chung and um, <laughs> Maury Povich? Povich they... Bang. Yes. We would have also accepted Al Roker. Steve, it is you. Boom. Okay. <laughs> uh, this is a personal opinion, Brooke. Learn something new every day, boys. Is Wolf Good Butcher team. the most aggressive name in all of news? <laughs> it's it's the it's the name you give your child when you know you want them to be a news superstar. No, I, I think we have I, we have the most aggressive one here in L.A. Weatherman Dallas Rains. That's most true. Most aggressive. Ooh, yeah, I've heard of him. Yes. only because of his name. Most aggressive. That's amazing, Gary. Uh, okay, uh, how many followers do you have on Twitter? Uh, I think something like two two hundred fifty thousand. Very close. Two hundred thirty six. Fourteen people. Fourteen thousand dropped you after I'm, this I'm interview. <laughs> after this, after this podcast, I'm gonna blow up. <laughs> You'll be kicked off Twitter. Okay, so if a, no, a local newscast, you have two anchors, right? You got the 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 co-anchors. They're usually the lead singer and guitarist of a band. Mm-hmm. If a local newscast was to be a band, what does the who is the bass player and then who is the drummer between the weatherman and the sports? Who's the bass player and who's the drummer between weather and sports? Yeah, and drummer's always I the lowest say, on the totem pole. See, I, 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 I see it in reverse. I think the drummer, um, it's the whole bass, it's the it's the percussion, it's the bass line. It's, um, I would give sports guy, I would give sports guy, sports guy would become dr- the drummer, uh, and I think the weatherman would become the bassist because they just kind of, I love weathermen, by the way, but they just kind of stand there and, you know, it's um, not quite as aggressive. And hold on, go with me here. I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> and so the weatherman is just sort of like, ooh, 72 today, strum, 75 tomorrow, strum. <laughs> like, yeah. That, I think I think that's how I would see it. I think that's how I'd see it. Brooke, and, by and the, the way, I, guys just, 
I have some breaking news. Weather. It's 2018. It's not just weatherman or sports guy. It's weather person <laughs> and sports person as well. It could yeah. be either. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of who I've worked with, and it's been the men. And I have I have a last one. <laughs> speaking of sports, you're obviously a news junkie. But speaking of sports, yeah. uh, was the, is true or false of the bowl games this season? There was a bowl game called the Dollar General Bowl. True or false? Oh my goodness. I've been in a Dollar General. Um, <laughs> um, That's true? where you would have met Steve. Uh, okay. True. True. That's where you would have picked up Steve's CD. Are uh, you serious? Where that, was it? Who it played? It was Mobile, Alabama. Uh, uh, Appalachian State and Toledo. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, there you so, go. That's a barn burner. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Steve wow. and I could have went to. You went to General. You went to UNC. When is the last time you wore Carolina blue? Um, gosh, this weekend in my in my nerdy UNC sweatshirt that I just bought in Chapel Hill a couple months ago. Very nice. And this is the last question. I think this could be serious. Favorite politician to interview and then toughest politician mm. to interview. Wow. Um, how about I met President Obama? Um, I would like to interview him. Mm-hmm. And least favorite politician... I'm looking at my uh, dear friend Pam in my office, shaking her head. Everyone's been wonderful, guys. There we oh, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, we yeah. go. there it is. This is the this is the final question. You've you've been you've been all over the world. Your job's taking you so many wonderful places. When is the last time you've been in a gentleman's dojo? I think gentleman's dojo is that like a is that one of those gyms? (laughs) That's the name of our podcast, Brooke. The gentleman's dojo. Big fan. When is the last time? (laughs) I thought thought it was named after something. I thought. No. (laughs) When's the last time you were in a dojo? Right now and forever for the rest of my life. There it is. Bang! There it is. There it is. Brooke Baldwin, thank you so much from CNN and the new digital series American Woman, which you could find at CNN.com. And Brooke, where can everybody find you? Keep in touch with you. Um, def- go to CNN.com slash American Woman if you want to binge watch the series and you can find me and be my, uh, you, since, since I'm obviously going to blow up on Twitter, thank you guys <laughs> to, to Gary and Steve, um, at Brooke B- at Brooke B- CNN for both Instagram and Twitter. You guys are hilarious and have been the total highlight of my day. By, by the way, <laughs> by the way, we're going to be in New York in March and we hope to see you then. We would love to have you come out to one of our shows. It'd be great. Hit me up. Absolutely. Yeah, come on by. Come come hang in my office and uh I'll give you I'll give, give you the nickel tour. You'd be surprised to learn um our set is actually in the middle of the newsroom. Really? So you guys oh, can wow. walk around me in circles and like bang drums. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's awesome. I did the tour once totally. in Atlanta. It was awesome. It was great. Just a very cool tour. So yeah, I would be excited to see it. Oh yeah. Well, continued success to you. We definitely look forward to watching all the all the all the um American uh American you know. Ninja Warrior. <laughs> American Ninja Warrior. <laughs> yeah. okay. We're gonna watch the series. We're super excited for you and congrats and we're looking forward to watching you Monday through there Friday, two to four on CNN. Thank you so much, Brooke, for joining us. Brooke Baldwin Thank you. from CNN. I'm excited to actually meet her when we go yeah. to New York in great. March. It'll be fantastic. Uh great. So nice. So fun. I was going to mention you really, really quickly. Yes. I know that she covered the inauguration for Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and Donald Trump inflated the numbers, saying that there were many more people there than they were. That is why, and I was going to tell you, Donald Trump could never be a club owner, because a comedy club owner, because there's no way he would inflate there being more people there than they were. That's true. That is true. He would always underestimate it, correct? Well. You, yeah. There you go. 
That went nowhere. Exactly. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even courtesy laugh you. I did not courtesy laugh you on that one. Um, Brooke Baldwin, what a great guest. Yes, um, CNN, American absolutely. Doll Store, American Ninja Warrior. What was the name of the show, Steve? You've been plugging it eight times. Yeah, what is it? Eight times. There it is. Well, thank you to Brooke. You'll be in Calgary this weekend, followed by Atlanta a few weeks after that. Very <laughs> right. busy schedule. We got to thank Brooke Baldwin. Of course. To see you on CNN, 2 to 4. And, of course, the digital series American Woman. Uh, you can binge watch all the episodes. Hit her up. Let her know what you thought of it. Um, Gary, where can they find you? Well, before we cut into that, I just want to say uh, we still have Gentlemen's Dojo t-shirts that we need to get out. That's right. So if people want one, they know what to do. Rate, review, go to iTunes, do what you need to do to get one of these fancy shirts that are sure to get you a little bit of action in the new year. DM me your address on Twitter, and we will mail one out to you. At Cannon Comedy, at Steve Byrne Live, Patrick Keen, at Citizen Keen, is gone. He will be joining us back in a couple weeks again. That's right. Check us out. Love to see you out there on the road. Another episode with Brooke Baldwin from CNN wrapping up. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>